Hey folks, producer Mason here. Little production note before we get started. This was recorded as a full-length episode, but because of some technical issues, the second half of the show isn't really usable. So rather than make you suffer through listening to that, I'll recap it for you here. We all thought that the World Cup final was a very good match, just like everyone else did. <laughs> uh, we will be back with another full episode for you soon. And happy holidays from all of us here. Enjoy. Welcome. Welcome, lovely listeners, to the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner. And joining me in our studios in deep southern Illinois is a man who is allergic to Christmas trees. It's producer Mason. How are you doing today, Mason? Uh, well, I'm doing fine so far. Haven't had any encounters yet, um, but I am decorating my Festivus pole in uh, the, <laughs> the finest gaiety I can find. <laughs> And a little later in the show, perhaps we'll have the airing of grievances, folks. <laughs> and uh, also joining us in his cozy studio cave somewhere in the wilds of uh, West St. Louis County is a man who's like a cat, nonchalantly hanging around the living room until no one's paying attention, then springs onto the tree and uh, attacks it and tries to tear it to pieces. It's Sean Campbell. How are you doing this holiday season, Sean? <laughs> Oh, I was doing great until I realized that you have an actual live video feed camera into my living room, but okay. Um, in other news, my space heater is up and running, so my cave is, cave is actually cozy warm. The the, uh, the noble holiday feast of several feet of tinsel. Oh, no. We don't do tinsel in this household. It's because uh, he tears it apart. Yeah. Eats it and then coughs up a hairball later. His hairball's shiny. <laughs> going, into, going into the ER, like, yep, it happened again. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the Christmas tree at 3.43 a.m. for more tinsel. <laughs> like clockwork, every year, walk in the ER. Ah, uh, it's this guy again. Well, get the Ipecac. It's a, it's a family tradition. <laughs> Been passed down through the generations. <laughs> and also joining us from St. Louis is a man who says Santa sits. On a throne of lies. It's Chris Zimmerman. <laughs> How are you doing today, Chris? I'm I'm doing pretty good. It is night two of Hanukkah, which means um, I, I don't really do much, but uh, my booth is too small and flammable for the candles. So I'm just uh, having a beer, having a good night. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, fill the candelabra with the, uh, you know, frothy libations. And that's good. That's celebrating this I, season. I, I believe the preferred nomenclature here is menorah, dude. Yeah, straight, just calling it just straight up a candelabra. Oh, what did I say? A candelabra? <laughs> oh, boy. You're, you're not exactly wrong, but... <laughs> well, I mean, put it on your piano, Liberace. And <laughs> yeah. 
all right, we're all about to get canceled because Mike doesn't know his difference of candle holders. <laughs> thing is, I'm not the one that noticed. The sad that, part is, I know and did really. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're doing better than Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> that bar is extremely low. If that's the bar, <laughs> now you've gone too far. Let's move along because we've got some St. Louis City news. Yes, there has been a signing this week. Uh, City signed forward Samuel Adeniron from uh, the Seattle Sounders. There was a lot of people I had in mind coming from the Sounders or Tacoma Defiance that I thought City might sign. And, well, quite frankly, he isn't one of them. He's a 24-year-old Nigerian forward. uh, Traded $100,000 in GAM for him with another $100,000 of GAM. Could be shipped over in 2024 if certain incentives are met. He played with Seattle and Tacoma. And Tacoma, of course, was in MLS Next Pro. Before he was loaned to San Antonio, the USL Championship, and was vital to their championship run this past season. Uh, he's listed as a Nigerian, but he was born in Houston, so he is a U.S. citizen. Will not take any of those coveted international slots from the team. Uh, he's a big guy, six foot four. Does have MLS experience, did play in the CONCACAF Champions League, with Seattle had appearances there. He spent two seasons in the USL Championship. He's made 53 appearances with 25 goals and four assists over those two seasons. So uh, see if he can make the step up to the big leagues now and uh, play a role. And that gives uh, City 21 first-team players thus far with the uh, MLS Super Draft upcoming. To add more and uh, still some time to make some trades, the uh, international window, uh, winter international window will open. Maybe there'll be uh, another international signing we hear about. And uh, Adinaram was, he's confirmed, but there were some other rumors out there floating around. And strong rumors abound about City will sign USL championship goalkeeper Ben Lunt that uh, fans of St. Louis City FC might be familiar with from his time at Louisville City, uh, having been of late with the Phoenix Rising in the USL Championship. Uh, He spent years there being on loan from FC Cincinnati. He's been with them for a while. Uh, And uh, he got a free transfer to Phoenix in January 2022. Uh, There's been rumors of this on MLS uh, Transfer on Twitter. That account, and also really stoking these rumors was a uh, tweet out from the owner of Phoenix Rising that said it was good news, uh, good move for Ben Lunt, supposedly, uh, you know, confirming these rumors. But they're still rumors; nothing's been confirmed of yet. Uh, seems to be a uh, quality backup goalkeeper, probably not that expensive. Probably won't take a lot uh, for the transfer fee. We'll see. Uh, but uh, we'll see how this goes. It uh, looks like uh, just the kind of backup goalkeeper an expansion team needs heading into the season. You always got to have one. Yeah. Yeah. That was when he was you want someone that's, you know, has some experience playing in some actual big games, whatever league he's playing in. So, you know, he can step up to the plate in those games where we need to give Berkey a rest. Or if, you know, we end up in any, you know, league side cups like U.S. Open Cup or something like that. He was a goalkeeper for... Uh, Louis City in the very last game of St. Louis City FC as well in the playoffs. That, of course, being the last game meant that St. Louis City FC lost. <laughs> yeah. But we that don't is... need to relitigate that. 
But, you know, I think that covers... Exercising demons, as it were, by bringing him in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, St. Louis taking um, players that we used to hate is kind of a common thing. You know, Dexter Fowler with the Cardinals for a while. Um, But, you know, I think... Tory Cruz. Tory Cruz, Contreras. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I, Tory Krug is a player I liked. It's just he played on the Bruins, and I hate the Bruins. So, mm. nah, just players. They're just doing a job. They go where they get paid the Steve most. Steve Ott, though, always hated him. Picked him up, and, th- and then he became a fan favorite here in town. And now he's one of our coaches. So you know, sometimes it works out that way. Yep, that's the nature of the business. Other rumors about players for City. Uh, it's been banded around the Torontos in a new direction. They want to get rid of uh, former Wonder Kid Io Akinola. And a lot of teams are in from him. And one of those seems to be St. Louis City, if you believe the rumors on that. There's some other big clubs out there that are also interested in bringing him in. Uh, so we'll see what the chances are of him coming in. But uh, if there is any smoke or any fire to the smoke that's coming up here, that could affect what we're going to see in the Super Draft. And speaking of the Super Draft, uh, the draft for college players coming into MLS, that is on Wednesday, the 21st, at uh, 4 p.m. Central Time. Pre-show will be on MLSsoccer.com at uh, 3.30. You can also find it on YouTube, Twitch, and on Twitter. So it'll be everywhere. You won't be able to get away from it. It'll be a live broadcast from City Park at the Ultra Club. Uh, Andrew Wiebe and Matt Doyle are slated to appear on the live broadcast for the uh, first round of the Super Draft. And I'm also appearing at City Park. Let's hope they don't recognize me. <laughs> I was going to say, um, also appearing at City Park <laughs> is going to be uh, Sean and I. We are both uh, got tickets in to the watch party, so... Um, if you are listening to the show and you haven't met either of us before, listen to the two most annoying voices in the room and come say hi. <laughs> I will also be uh, very noticeable because I will be doing my best to actually look the part as I'm assuming we're there on a media credential. So I'll be wearing a gray suit jacket with a city t-shirt underneath and gray suit pants to match. Oh, So come oh. find the guy that looks like he's in place, but out of place at the same time. I was I'm- hoping that you were going to wear jeans and go for the uh, presenter at E3 look. <laughs> And the yeah. jelly sandals. No, I'm not trying that. to be the new Steve Jobs, yeah. okay? <laughs> I am wearing my jersey and ripped jeans because I tried to look good for the expansion draft, and that was very unnecessary. So I'm coming as I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be driving my way across the country to Pennsylvania at that time, so I won't be there, and Mason won't be there either. And uh, hopefully you'll hear this before the draft. It's busy time for us to see if we can get this out. We're recording all this on Monday evening ahead of this. Uh, and uh, let's talk a little bit about what to expect in the draft. Anyone have any ideas? Because I have no idea what Lutz Finding Steel is going to do. I I mean, I, I looked at some mock drafts and stuff. Um, we've got the first pick in all three rounds, but really it's the first round that matters. Um, most of the mock drafts have... CJ Fadri going first for us. He's a forward. He's a generation Adidas player from San Diego State. Um, also played at San Diego Loyal. He's a freshman. Um, Matt Doyle did kind of a cheat sheet rundown of who should be looking to pick up what. He's got us taking Shakur Muhammad. Um, also a generation Adidas player at Duke. 
Um, they're both forwards. Uh, yeah, we probably are going to take a forward if we take anybody. Um, the only other generation Adidas forward is um, is Elijah Paul out of the University of Washington. I could see maybe, you know, getting a move trading down to take him. I don't know. Yeah. You know, last week I for sure would have gone with CJ Fodry, one of these three, but you know, now that we've added a dinner on and we've got these rumors for Akinola, you know, maybe we're pretty set at forward, but there aren't any real good defensive prospects from what I can tell. So, you know, you're kind of about to reach this the uh age old debate of do you take the best player or do you take what you need? And I, I really I think that like we kind of need depth at forward. Um so I mean, yeah, Akinola would be a pretty good pickup, but I think that you should take one of these forwards in the draft. Foudry plays more of a winger than an actual forward himself at, at this stage. Of course, all these kids could be, you know, changed into other uh, positions and often are coming out of the super yeah. draft. And Muhammad is technically listed as a forward slash midfielder. So maybe that utility is going to make him more attractive to us. Who knows? I could definitely see that being a possibility. Um, but I know I, I looked at Matt Baker. He's got a uh, his version of a depth chart for our roster at the moment. And uh, it seems like we've got uh, an equal amount of depth the way he, he put he laid it out, at least at all positions, except for our center midfielding center midfield role, um, which I wouldn't be surprised if we went and grabbed a center midfielder. Uh, he has us having, you know, he, Matt set it up as if we were running a four, two, three, one, even though it seemed more like we were running a four, three, three throughout the season, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we went out and grabbed a number six, but I don't think there's very many good number sixes available in this draft. Um, so who knows? That might be something we pick up in free agency or in this transfer window outside of the draft. Um, there may be moves to be had for that. Um, I'd love to see John Luca Busio come back to, uh, the States and get out of Serie Bay because he sure as heck ain't getting out of there because they're in a relegation battle. Oh no, he needs to come back stateside. Yeah. I say, it has been uh, there is a name that uh, plays as a eight or a six. It's a JC Nagando out of UNC Greensboro uh, midfielder that uh, has attacking tendencies and could be on the list as well. But who knows what Lutz is going to do? Sorry, I cut you off, Chris. What were you saying? I say it's been kind of difficult to find any information for this draft because um, I think the generation Adidas list didn't drop to like two hours before we started recording tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you're unfamiliar generation adidas players are ones that are signed to mls contracts pre-draft they are considered to be the creme de la creme they commit their futures to get out of college go ahead and turn pro because they're good enough to do it uh the club will take on their salaries but depending upon whatever they signed for they take a much less ca salary cap hit i think it's two hundred thousand dollars um per season and they are considered to be the very best, and the expansion teams really go after them. But uh, Foudry's wanted by a lot of teams, and if that's not on Lutz's plans, if he doesn't need him or doesn't think he's going to fit, he could trade down to, say, uh, Colorado in number three, and that's been rumored to happen. Pick up some gam and then pick somebody else. There was also a really silly rumor out there that San Jose wants Foundry so much they would trade their number four pick and Cade Cowell to get Foundry. 
I think Kay Cal's the same age as Foudry, even though he's a freshman in uh, a college. Uh, I, that's a clickbait sort of rumor, probably yeah. from oh, some absolutely. website. Absolutely, Cade Cowell and a pick for a, for a slightly higher pick. I mean, I don't know how much you're willing to trade the farm to get to what you want, but Cade Cowell's worth more than just a pick. I mean, that's something. He he's a MLS ready player. Um, I would assume they'd want something a little bit more than just that first pick for him. Uh, he's someone that for a long time we we've I've at least thought was looking for a nice big transfer out of the league for a nice transfer fee. But yeah, that's who knows. that's what it is. Yeah, especially when we're sitting here debating who we should pick, and there isn't really a strong answer. You know, if they're gonna trade that much for a high pick, you know, how much difference is there between Fadri and Muhammad or Paul? You know, it doesn't seem all that obvious. So I don't know why you'd sell the farm just for the first pick when at least top three looks like it's going to get you roughly the same quality. I do want to mention before we before I forget, though, that uh, um, I don't know how many of y'all actually watched the um, the NCAA final for men's soccer this year, but it was Indiana against Syracuse and the orange took the final and I believe it was in PKs. Um but there were a couple of players that I noticed that I think could be sleeper picks here. They're not generation Adidas, but I think they'd be good ideas. Um, number one, I'm most interested in Nathan Opoku from Syracuse. Um, he's not generation Adidas again, but I, he had a pretty good game in the final. Um, and over the course of the season, he averaged 75 minutes per game in each of his 75 or 25 starts. Um, he had 19 goals and assists combined. I think, believe it was 11 and 8 was the spread there. Um, but he looks to be a really a solid attacking player. He could play in the midfield if we really need him to. He averaged over three shots a game. Uh, half of his total shots were on target. Looked at some of his clips and some of his goals are really great. He's really good in tight on defenders. Um, he seems to play more of a central forward role, but he could be moved into the midfield if we really needed him to. Um but as like a 10 instead of an eight, which would be like a box to box midfielder. But he looks really good and he seemed to be really important to that title run for the orange. Um, and his teammate Levante Johnson also showed some real promise as a, as an MLS player in his senior year. Uh, he is currently up for one of the finalists for the Herman award, which for those that are unfamiliar is um, it's effectively the college soccer equivalent of the Hobie Bakers or the Heisman trophy, but it's for soccer. Um, so I think he would also be someone that a lot of teams are looking at, especially if you're looking at a midfielder or someone with an attacking mindset. Herman's kind of a familiar name. I wonder where they got the name for that trophy from. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's presented by the Missouri Athletic Club to the best soccer player in college (laughs) soccer for a reason, Mm. because we are the soccer capital. Everything comes through St. Louis eventually, baby. Eventually. I feel like I'm playing the soccer version of Blue's Clues right here. That's two of them. (laughs) <laughs> I need a third one for you. Including the East Coast toxic waste on its way to Texas on the rail lines comes through St. Louis. <laughs> um but uh one of the uh one of the uh one of the uh mock drafts I looked at had uh, a Poku going uh, this was from Bleacher Report. Had a Poku going forth to San Jose. Um if there's any any smoke or uh, yeah, any smoke to that, I don't know. There may maybe San Jose might try to trade up. Yeah, but there's so much of this is based upon, you know, conventional wisdom. Yeah. And Lutz has such a strong and firm idea of the identity of this club that uh, even people like Matt Doyle that look at it and realize this still, 
it's really hard for them to look at what the holes are. Though him, say Muhammad, Muhammad's a goal scorer from a midfield or that type of uh, type of player. He might fit, might fit well. But I can't say as I know much about the college. But I will say this: if he doesn't take an, a generation Adidas player as an expansion team out of the draft, it's a pretty and, big whiff. It <laughs> doesn't replace it with a MLS proven player of a high degree, you will hear me shouting all the way from writing Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say I've seen it from the start, from the jump, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see it again, um, especially leading up into the expansion draft even. Uh, a lot of the conventional wisdom that everyone says, oh, this is what we're going to expect from the armchair analysts and from the people that write about the sport routinely. You know, they say, oh, we could see this guy getting picked. Or they talked about a bunch of names for the expansion draft. And then Lutz just bucked the norm and went and picked somebody completely off the wall and did something something completely different. You know, it's it's like he, 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 this system is not a normal. It's not a system that we see very often in this league. And so conventional wisdom doesn't really apply to this. Uh, so they're writing what they know, which is what they're supposed to do. But again, this could be another instance of us looking at it like checkers and Lutz comes out and plays 40 chess and picks somebody that we're just like, why? And then we look at it and realize that's the better pick. He also has a history of uh, of uh, getting into the quality of the person, not just the player. Uh, that could be something that they look into. And also somebody like Foudry, who's very young, uh, you still have MLS Next Pro that you control now instead of, say, shuffling them off if they're rather than sit on the bench and put them on loan to USL Championship to develop, you now have them in-house in, in with MLS Next Pro. And some of these guys may take some time to develop. It's not the NFL where you pick them and you plug them in and they're supposed to go. College, MLS, it used to be the main way to fill your team, but MLS has gone so far above that. And even in the last uh, summer transfer window, the amount of attacking talent in this league soared skyrocketed you could say i mean ricky puig and gareth bale and amongst others coming in has really changed the dynamic with mls so you could see some of these guys being done for the future bring them in young put them in mls next pro teach them the system and if they've got the engine he's looking for you can get them into the system they don't have to play it in college any other thoughts on the draft from anyone I, I really I just don't know enough about these kids to mm. to really say anything. Yeah, I have to admit I don't really follow college soccer all that much either. Yeah. One thing I will yeah, say I is that uh, the the generation Adidas pool seems a bit small this year. Well, it's always generational, you know, year by year. Uh, so last year seemed to be pretty strong. This year, perhaps not quite as strong. If I had to weigh them against what I know, which isn't that much. Another big thing coming up is uh, all indications that the MLS 2023 schedule will be coming out and on Tuesday, perhaps at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, that might be Eastern time. We're not sure. All this taking from a cryptic tweet put out from someone at MLSsoccer.com. Uh, admin playing games with us. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's Imagine time. It will be we need Eastern to know. Time because most big announcements are 9 a.m. our time. They have mm -hmm. been so yeah. far, at least. Yeah. Looking forward to sitting down to work tomorrow morning and then instantly looking at my phone to figure out where start planning my year next year. <laughs> and uh, the big question coming out of the schedule is, will the first week 
since they have a stadium ready, will MLS put St. Louis City with a home game? Or because it's probably going to be in February because of the League's Cup, will they push them to a warmer climate to get away from the winter weather and hedge their bets for better weather for an opening game? <laughs> you could see an ice storm blow through this area and just blow up, and they have to cancel the opening game of the stadium in the season for St. Louis. That would not be good. <laughs> It would be funny to open the stadium with a snowball, but it's not ideal. (laughs) Yeah. My bet, and this has been the debate since they announced um, El Trafico is going to be playing at the Rose Bowl the weekend of the 25th. What's going to happen? And my bet is that they keep El Trafico for the marquee event that first weekend. And our first game is going to be somewhere else. And then the second weekend, our home opener is going to be the real big marquee TV event, MOS goes with so we're looking at march 4th would be our first home game let me look yeah march 4th so that's my prediction i don't think march 4th is going to be much warmer than february 25th so it doesn't really matter layer up anyway yeah (laughs) and we know one thing espn won't have the game so you just might see taylor twelman just wandering aimlessly around the concourses at the stadium for that game (laughs) (laughs) i do have to say um I, I do think that for that opening weekend, they're not going to go rivalry rivalry week out the gate. Um, I do agree. I think El Trafico is going to be the main attraction, so they won't give us that, that home game to start. Um, but I think our first home game, uh, if slash when they give it to us. What do you mean if? If it's not against Sporting KC, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. Like, that's just... <laughs> That's just doing something wrong. I was just to about us to say <laughs> the chance to be the first team, the, like the first expansion team to, or the first team to open a new stadium and not lose to Sporting KC. Like I think it'd be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say because you mentioned Rivalry Week, um, and like since like Rivalry Week is basically it's made up by by the league. It's not really based on rivalries. Who are they going to stick us with? <laughs> Uh, it's either going to be us or, or the it's fire. It's going to be Sporting KC or the fire. Um, but, but they're would trying love, to push that. I would that. love our, our first game to be an away game. It's going to be an away game, obviously, but I would love it to be in Austin so I can make a trip down to Texas um, yeah. because I got family down there. I want to go see the Moon Tower boys and actually meet them in person because I really do enjoy talking to them whenever we cross paths. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'd love to make a trip down to Austin for that first game and then come back up and then kick the crap out of kansas city <laughs> i guess i'm just be curious nice. because they've been trying to push that uh that sporting and uh minnesota rivalry oh yeah the one that everybody makes the, fun of yeah. and nobody understands why it's and, there and, 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 they got time to kick kansas city out of that yeah but like also i have a feeling that the league's gonna stick to their guns on that one <laughs> i don't know they mm. need to not it's a bad choice for everyone involved everyone one thousand percent one one thousand percent everyone involved it's a bad idea nobody likes it, it. gives minnesota a rivalry but it's not one that they actually take any sort no. of stock in i think they'd have a better chance making a rivalry with toronto fc uh if i'm being completely honest but that's montreal but... <sighs> yeah Right, but you can have more than one rivalry, but at the same time, forcing a rivalry because you think yeah. it, it's the next yeah. closest team, it's not going to work. Well, it never works. And you they can't have ha- happen <laughs> organically. You can't have more than one rivalry for rivalry week. So, I don't well, know, man. <laughs> the rivalry week kind of stinks anyway. Yeah, I know. Well, there's quite a few right, out but, there, but, but having not this, enough having to fill it. Having the I-70 Derby, just yeah. something about that just sounds too right, and if it doesn't happen... 
I will riot. And Kansas City is poking the bear on this rivalry for sure. They want this to happen. Oh, they oh, are. Yeah, yeah oh, calling 100%. Themselves, calling themselves soccer capital. We took, we here took great umbrage to that. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'll, if we play them in that first home game, I'm dressing my face up in war paint on that one. <laughs> We're going to have to issue a cease and desist to sporting Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will I will that week when we record take my sporting KC scarves down the week that we record before <laughs> and after that game. I will take the scarves down off the scarf wall. It's city only, baby. You can also just toss them I in the trash. I am firmly while you're planted on the other side of that fence. Remember when we first started this, though, Mason? And I was like, you know, I'm going to still root for Sporting KC in the rivalry because. Yeah, how's that working out for you? <laughs> uh, no, I have changed my tune 100%. And I, the Moon Tower boys were like, you're going you're gonna to change. It's going to happen. Change. I was like, nah, it ain't going to happen. It happened, baby. It's red and blue, not just blue anymore. City red and blue. Yes, city red and blue. Speaking of City Red, we had one more festive event that happened over this past weekend. At least uh, Mason, Chris, and I were all at the St. Luligans uh, holiday party. Uh, Pretty nice crowd. But the big thing there was new so many people there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, It was really a good time. Good time to get together. Uh, A lot of the People from a lot of the uh, supporter groups were there. The St. Luligans make a nice umbrella to bring everyone together. See how that goes once the season actually starts. But uh, time for all the kids to break out on their own. But uh, yeah, had a really good time. Dave Lang was there selling and signing uh, copies of his second edition of uh, Soccer Made in St. Louis book, which if you don't have one, it's highly recommended by us here at the podcast. So it was a very good time. Any other thoughts, uh, Chris? Do you have any thoughts on the party? Um, oh, it was a lot of fun. I always love going out, seeing everyone out there. And on the note of events, the St. Louis City Punks have two coming up if you would like to come out and get to know us. So we will be at the Amsterdam Tavern the morning of Boxing Day, fighting for space along with everyone else. So uh, if you aren't doing anything the morning after Christmas... There'll be a lot of people at the Amsterdam anyway, but we'll be there too. And then we also have Friday, December 30th, night before New Year's. We're calling it the Year in Social. We're going to be at the Platypus on Man- Manchester Avenue to see a little local punk show. So the Disappeared, Squint, and Breakmouth Annie will be playing. Doors Ooh, open at 7. Squint. Squint's going to be there, yeah. So, I know Squint. Yeah. Personally? No. Oh, okay. But I, I know of them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you uh, listen to the Soccer Capital podcast but don't like soccer all that much, then we also do concerts. <laughs> so come on out December 30th. <laughs> I have a feeling if they listen to the podcast, they probably like soccer at least a little bit. The podcast. Listen, <laughs> they're never polite to assume. <laughs> they're, they're here for our highbrow yeah. intellectual humor. That's what they're here for. They've got their priorities arranged like mine, where it's music and then soccer. Yeah, it's our talk no, of politics. No, no, no. If anything, they're coming. here to hate, listen to me, because I'm a Sporting KC fan originally. <laughs> they just want to hate on the fact that I used to be a fan of a team that's not from St. Louis. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. I'm your resident cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. 
And I'm the War on Christmas veteran, Chris. And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.